HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. I'm Erica Wides, host of Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd, broadcasting live on the Heritage Radio Network. This is Greg Blaze, and today I'm lucky enough to have three special guests with me in the studio. I have Rachel Jewell, a.k.a. Jewell, Anna Jewell, a.k.a. what I call Mama Jewell, and uh, I have Leah Lewis Jewell Lewis Lewis Jewell Ramos with me in the studio today. Wow. Um, right. All three of them together are the, uh, are the Jewell ladies, or as I call them, a great family of uh, cheese-slinging, traveling gals. Um, that at least one of them has been my friend for a long time, but you know, I think they'd all admit to being my friends mm-hmm. on some level. So thank you, ladies, so much for coming in the studio with me today. Hey, it's thank great you. to be here. Thank you. <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit, um, just because I, I mean, I've done um, done biz with 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 you, uh, Leah, for a while, and we become we become good friends. And then I met your mom, and I met Rachel after I met you, and I just think you guys are just. Are an awesome, interesting uh, family of of cheesemongery, cheesy people, and uh, you know, I just I, I needed to get you in here. So I was wondering if um, one of you gals would offer up. So where are you guys from? Where 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 are the jewel? Where's the jewel family originate? Wow, it depends how far you go back, I guess. As far but, back as you, you want know, to go. Um, <laughs> we've we've been um, a few different places. You know, actually, we grew up in in the Midwest. Um, you know, my husband's family they all farm uh, dairy farmers, actually, in Iowa, and uh, our kids were born there. And then we spent some time in Minneapolis and uh, time out in Salt Lake City and Utah area, and now have been in New York for seven years. But you know, our culture way back is uh, German, you know, Czech kind of Swedish heritage. I got a little Swedish in me as well. Um, I was wondering, Anna, what did you do before you got into into cheese? Before I lost my mind? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, Would you believe, actually, I was a nurse. And, you know, for a good share of my life, yeah. um, 
somewhat of a kind of project manager, developer of various different uh, things over the years for hospitals. And um, but always uh, had, like many people do in cheese, had another like life of loving food and the culture and this the relationship you know that people have with food and so when an opportunity came up to kind of make a transition into cheese the timing was right when did you do that uh, about 2000 so it's been about 15 years or about and what was your first habit but you you owned a store yourself correct yeah you, uh, we did uh, where was that actually in salt lake city it was a nice you know uh, beautiful location there at the foothills of uh, the rocky mountains and um a long-established uh, cheese store there that we bought uh, at that time. And did you all work together in the cheese shop? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was a, a, an a illegal employee, just cash only. Child labor? Yeah, total child labor. <laughs> she was totally behind bleach the counter. countertops, yeah. followed the cheese mongers. The bleach, best bleach, bleach. child yeah. labor. That's yeah. the best. Well, yeah, yeah I then, mean, you, you, can't, you can't be fired and you can't quit. Exactly. She and still makes the best Reuben I do. ever. I am quite proud uh, of that's, that. That's awesome. How long did you have your shop? Uh, about five years. Yeah. And you guys worked together the whole time. So you said yeah. you, how old were you, uh, Rachel? But uh, the 12 when you guys started talking about it. And then I think by the time they bought it, it was like 13. So, yeah. <laughs> That's great. And what did you do? I would have been uh, 16, 17. I've been in cheese half my life. We figured out in the car on the way here, which is kind of crazy, but awesome. And your first job working in cheese was with, in with your mom. own store. Yeah, mom on a Saturday morning <laughs> was great. like, you're going to work the cheese counter. And I was like, what? Do you remember? Yeah. Um, I mean, she, she knew very little about cheese at all. No. None of us really did. Our background was a little bit more into beef and meat, meat uh-huh. you know, and um, took over cheese like she'd been in it, you know, from, from the beginning for her whole life. It was amazing. Yeah, I think she had never read books or anything like that. And especially, too, out there, you know, especially way back when the logistics and the distribution there wasn't just tons of like information about in access to cheese people to pick their brains you know unlike if you're in new york city i mean how many people could you go to and be like oh hey i'm opening a shop can you give me some tips like there was none of that all there was was you know cheese primer and i still have my original cheese primer it's missing pieces and like there's sticky notes and highlights and notes but that was my bible that's all i had and i had to do all the buying so i would do all the buying before i went to school like Wait, I'd get up at four really? in the morning in front of the catalogs <laughs> at the time, right? And a French dictionary and the cheese primer and like try to figure out and then it was like doing math because the little goats were packed, you know, like six in a case and sure. what were these grams and kilograms and oh my god. Yeah. How did you get the cheese there to Salt Lake? You ordered it direct? Uh, we'd buy from a distributor and build a pallet and then truck it out of okay. Chicago. Our local producers, which there were some at that time, even, you know, 15 years ago in California and regionally, you know, we'd airship some of those small, you know, petite style, you know, cheeses in. Yeah, I remember when we first, um, it was this like revolutionary thing, cowgirl creamery. Sure. And uh, I remember Lee and I just getting so excited at the idea because it was like we just had, we didn't know any cheeses. And so it was all just ordering from a catalog and like, I don't know, it's kind of general generic cheeses. Certainly. And so this was the first time we had like real art. We felt artisanal. You know, it was like, oh my word, we're excited. It's these women in California who are just changing the world and I mean this was 15 years ago so they were really like I mean still are but it was a big deal back then so for two kids in Salt Lake City who knew nothing about cheese it was I just remember getting like Mount Tams and being like oh my god these are so fancy (laughs) they're so good yeah exactly do you remember the first time uh, Max McCallman's uh book came out the sure. cheese plate absolutely you know lee and i sat before the internet before almost right pretty much and it was dial up it was definitely yeah it was yeah it was ghetto 
Yeah, that whole thing. We, we had, the phone line had to be into the wall. And yeah. Exactly. So we finally get our first book, and we're in the back office, like, checking out what's happening in New York City, you know, reading our first real cheese book. I told him that a while back. It's pretty funny now. You never know what happens down the road, you know? Well, no. I mean, that, that's um, that's the thing. I, I, I still just love I love the idea that... Um, that you had that family thing going there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's great. They were good employees, I have to say. You know? Yeah. You know, it's always that time as an owner when, when your your other employees, if they don't show up for work, oh, guess who gets called yeah. on their day off? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd have a test to study for the next morning and be like, no, you're coming to close the shop. Yeah. And, like, and now you work later. together again. I need again. you. So. <laughs> I need you. <laughs> but what, what about yeah. Papa Jewel? Does Papa, what, what, there's he a pa- eats and drinks. Yeah. He He's eats our taste tester. No, no, no. <laughs> He's, he's like the rock quality of, control. And, and quality control too but he's the rock and uh, the man behind all of what works for us you know he's amazing um, that's great what was, I just wanted to what was the name of your shop Jewel House Market and Deli Jewel House yeah, Market Jewel and House. Deli H-A-U-S yeah oh, that's awesome and then now obviously you still all work in cheese but what did what what happened uh, did you did you close the store and you guys stayed in, in working in cheese and you uh, went back to yeah then we came to New York uh-huh. so we said it was time to do something different and um, John's employment opportunities you know happened here in New York which was so great and so uh, we all moved uh, to yeah. New York City but in the meantime we'd all kind of gone our own ways Leah had the total cheese bug and so when we closed the store she needed work and to stay in cheese I was still in high school so I was finishing up school um, you had other things to I had do. other things to worry about I wanted to get a job at the Gap <laughs> I was super like you denied me my teenage years. I need that gap job. It lasted two months right because here. I hated it. Um, <laughs> yeah, sucks. I was. I mean, there was nothing out west. There were no cheese jobs, and I, I had become the cheese nerd in high school, and I wanted to stay in cheese. So I went to work for Whole Foods. It was pretty much the only place in town. Actually, I moved to Colorado. I worked there a year. And I came back to Utah to move to New York with mom and dad, and I ended up working at a great restaurant up in the hills for a Swiss chef who let me do a cheese cart for a year, which was a really great learning experience. Um, I It was a totally different view of cheese, but it was a great experience. And actually, he now is one of the founders of High West Distillery, who do the great whiskeys oh, and bourbons. They're, they're, their booze is fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, and he's one of the founders of that now, so... I am. Um, so, so where did you work for Whole Foods, and how was that a Boulder, Colorado. Nice. Um, it taught me an enormous amount about retail because my only experience had been a small family-run business. So to work for a large corporate-run business, but that had some very good values and good focus, and um, they let me do a lot of cheese education, and I got to see products that I'd never gotten to see before. It was a great learning experience. So the products are what made you want to continue working in the It was in the, the stories and the families behind it and the preservations of I remember the first day working on the counter, and we had a piece of Beaufort, and the monger who was there at the time was explaining to me the story and why it was so great, and the cows and the hills and the French, and I thought, oh my God, nobody told me. there were Every cheese had a story. I just remember a light going on in my head, like there was a story behind these and that it needed to be told. Absolutely. Now, this is... Uh, this is- you now you closed the shop. You moved to to New York as a family, but you stayed out in Colorado. I did not. I moved back to New York and worked with James Dumas, who's the founder of High Park West. City. You went to okay. Park City. Park City, and then we all moved to New York. Okay. And I went to work at Artisanal, which is where I met Daphne and Jason, and where the ah. the next layer continues. When there. did you work at Artisanal? I started as an intern in August of two thousand seven. And then I was cave manager, and I left in May of 2008, and that's where I went to work for Daphne. That is uh, that far 
I, I have been gone for so, so long. Uh, I lasted six months there. I, was, uh, I, I did was, seven, so there you go. Wow. Soldier and, material. And then what about you when, you when you graduated from high school? Yeah, Joel? so um, I did the – I loved the food part of it, and I loved the pr- pr- uh, more restaurant aspect of the cafe we had. So I was behind the line and, like, basically a sous chef unofficially. Um, and I competed in high school and culinary competitions and stuff. That was really where my passion lied, and I really loved it. But then just numerous reasons, kind of per- a lot of personal wanted to do something different because this was the family business I wanted to figure out. It was it only because it's my family business or what do I personally as like Rachel want to do? Um, and so then I decided to go as far away from food as possible but kept coming back in because I started to work at the restaurant she did the cheese program at because um, it's good money. She just couldn't stay away <laughs> from the family. couldn't stay away. No. I couldn't. I wanted to. I remember having a conversation with my dad, and he's like, the money is so good, and you're just a natural at expediting. Just go to this uh-huh. restaurant. Just do it. And I'm like, no, that's what Leah does. That's her identity. <laughs> I have a different identity. Younger children syndrome, you know, like we want to be all different, um, but couldn't stay away. <laughs> um, and then went through three different majors. The last major in college ended up being food and nutrition. So again, keep coming back closer and so closer. you got there? Yeah, I got there. And then um, I graduated college here in New York. And uh, had a job, was really, really upset with it, super angry, um, just needed something different that I was passionate about. And I remember calling Leah up, and she's like, I don't know, I don't have a time frame for you, but we'll get you back into cheese somehow. And then I attended CMI that year, just as her date, her plus one. And uh, What year was this? 2011. Second year of CMI, so no, it would have been 10. 2010? Yeah. I hadn't graduated college yet, so it was 2011. Oh, 2011, yeah, you're right. It was 2011, right. and uh, I remember being completely in awe of the fact that I was no longer alone in passion for food, because that was always the you weird thing. You saw all of the uh, mm-hmm. all, all the, the rest of the crazy people. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing Anthea Femia from Australia with an Australian flag on his bag riding around like a cape, you know? And I was like, oh my word, I'm normal compared to all these people. And, <laughs> Relatively. Yeah. Relatively. That's why she keeps yeah, telling That's why I keep telling myself. And I was like, oh wow, because growing up, we were that weird cheese family. I was that kid who schlepped French baguettes in my backpack and sold them, you know? Um, I was the cheese you- Illegally sold French baguettes. I did in, at, high at my high school. I took the next day sandwiches and sold them for were five you, bucks. Uh, Anna, were you providing I, her with these goods? I thought she was eating it for lunch. <laughs> no, she's like doing deals. I on was the entrepreneur. Side. That's yeah. why I'm in sales still. Yeah. I'm good at it. Yeah, did exactly. you, um, when you worked together in the beginning and then when yeah. you, you dissolved your first business came in New York, did you have a feeling that you're, uh, you would stay tight as a family and working together just because of the way you all had worked together when you had your store? Yeah, you know, it's such an amazing experience for families who have shared that kind of time together and experience. And, you know, it, um, it's not an easy experience, but what it has done for us as a family and the memories and just the work ethic, the culture that your children learn when they're growing up in a business where they're committed, you know, to the outcomes and customer service, everything, it it, it really is special. What is a uh, what is? Do, do you still remember any of your regular customers from oh, that yeah. store? Oh yeah, favorites. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. yeah. Who is your most bizarre customer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you have it? You know you who we're it? talking about? Heather, support professor. Yeah, yeah. So we had this. We had a bunch of really great. There's a college town, university. Uh-huh. There's tons of colleges and universities in Salt Lake. So natural college. 
place job is a cheese shop, you know, a cafe and stuff. So we had this one girl, great, from Vermont. So she had kind of a cheese background. She knew farms and stuff. So she was working in the store. And poor thing. We all, you know, and I feel like this is a code in retail in general. You all you get your one customer that you get to go to the back for. Like Absolutely. every time they come in, it's a code. Off-menu items are available <laughs> exactly, for them. Exactly. That too. And uh, you have your Or you one, don't have to wait on them. Or you don't have to wait on them. Oh, them. no. Yeah. You you'll actually code. slice the cheese by hand for them. Whatever they need. <laughs> Whatever they need. But then you have the other customers where it's like, I refuse to serve them. And I get Absolutely. my one. Absolutely. I get my one who I refuse to serve. She had. We all had our one. We didn't know whose hers was yet. And uh, walked in all of a sudden one day. This very tall, very tall, very big boned very masculine looking woman comes in and uh, all of a sudden we see poor Heather run for the hills in the back and we're and she's a very calm and even killed just like Vermont person we're like that's really weird she never freaks out you know on stuff so we're serving and we kind of go back later we're like what's wrong she's like that was my professor but he was a dude before I just can't do it now she's like I just can't do it and I was just like Okay, Heather, you got your one. Like, so we all had our. That was like the example of like we all had our one customer you didn't have to serve, but then you had other customers that was like, oh, Leah, you got to come out. It's your person. Your I special think, VIP. Oh, I just went blank on her name. The older woman that she did then did pass. She always sat in the corner and had soup. Oh yeah, she always came she in for a special. cup of soup. Yeah, she's, she's adorable. Yeah, you know you have your favorites too. You Absolutely. know the good ones and the ones that are loyal Those to the you. The ones that keep you going. Totally, yeah. and um, you know you can set your watch by them. Yeah. You know on the she'd Saturday come morning, come around the corner and she'd come in for lunch, bring her book, have her bowl of soup. She'd kick people chat. out of her table. It was Love great. It. Yeah, they're fun. I mean, I had I have. A, Regulars, even at you know at, at Italy, I have my regular customers. I was there on Saturday, and uh, I was all frazzled. I had had a class to teach. I had um, um, Emily Acosta coming in to teach a class with me. We we had platters to make. I had to open the store, do whatever you know. And then this this gal Susie came up as like a regular customer, and she's like, "Oh, Greg, you know it's so nice to see you here. I'm so glad you're here." And I was like, "Shop back." I was like, "Yeah, well, that makes one of us," you know. <laughs> and, like she just cracked up, but it was like after I said it. Um, I felt better that I could say it uh, to her. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Because she was that one. And then yeah. my whole day kind of turned around after yeah. that. Yeah. We yeah. had, um, I remember being fascinated because, again, living kind of in, we always lived in these very conservative places with, you know, not a lot of um, people from other countries, you know, Iowa, Midwest, Utah, just not a lot of people. And um, we had this French man who came in with his mother. His mother spoke no English whatsoever older because he had to be like 50s he was a professor and uh he would come in with her every single saturday early because it was like the french tradition go to the markets and get your stuff early in the day and i just remember being fascinated by this idea that they held on to their culture so much that every without fail it was right when we opened they'd come in and they search out all the french cheeses and yeah and all the breeze they were very picky they would touch you know for texture well she was going blind so she would hold the cheese up to her eyes like to be able to see it and smell it like it she you'd see her just stick her head into the case to see if she could smell things. Uh, there are certain customers and there are certain people that I love that for. So I mean, some people I allow to touch the stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other people I, I just I want to you know take their hand off if right. they, if they go near it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You want to have a little bat they can swat them with. But all those people like they definitely uh, they definitely bring you together. I mean the the bonds of uh of retail, like so, I ask you, and those were like 15 years ago, but immediately I you see knew, yeah. of course, they 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 live with you probably uh, oh, yeah. forever, mm-hmm. and they probably brought you uh, brought you all together too uh, yeah. in those certain ways. Yeah, and you know, they were customers that loved what we were doing, and they they were the ones that usually took time that you could tell the story yeah. about the cheese too, and you could yeah. have that experience that bonded you, and that's what's so great about like what I think we're passionate about cheese is to be able to draw that conclude or that connection between the cheese producer to the people that are in the industry and also to the retail customer. It's special. And don't forget, we ended up talking about them at the dinner table later, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of always home. at work. <laughs> yeah. 
like uh, my roommate works works at um, Eagle as yeah. well, you know, and like um, and uh, that. So like it's like you're kind of always there, but but it's this it's really interesting um, familial bond that you get, even yeah. if you're not family. But I mean, obviously you guys are, so yeah. you could go home and. Uh, and hash it out, you know. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. You didn't get written up or disciplined, but maybe later. <laughs> well, maybe later we can work it out. Yeah, like, maybe like, we can adjust that. after hours. Yeah. There's something about going home with the boss, you yeah. know, <laughs> exactly <laughs> for good or for bad. I don't know. Well, it's funny because people bring that up all the time because Lee and I now work together, and so they're always like, "Oh wow, sisters who can work together, especially in small business. There's no one else yeah. to buffer, you know." And I tell them, "I'm like, I've worked longer with her than I have without. So yeah. at this point, I know no different. You know, we just and we're fortunate we have." a really great relationship but well that's amazing yeah so we're gonna have to take a short little break here but then when we come back i'm gonna talk to the ladies jewel about what they're doing now take care families of Wisconsin and the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board are proud to underwrite Cutting the Curd on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Wisconsin cheeses have an illustrious heritage of more than 170 years of quality and craftsmanship. During this long and rich history, the art and science of cheesemaking have been captured in time-honored traditions that produce cheese varieties of unsurpassed excellence. Today, Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country. To learn more, visit www.eatwisconsincheese.com. Hello, and welcome back to Cutting the Curd. Again, I'm here with the Jewel family ladies, um, with Anna, Mama Jewel, Leah, Lewis, Jewel, Lewis, Lewis, Jewel, <laughs> and then Rachel Jewel goes by Jewel, yeah. right? So just so we're keeping everything straight. It was great to get a little bit of a back history on, uh, on you guys uh, for those of our, of our listeners that don't know. I feel like a lot of people who listen to our show, and they know you guys, but um, there's that, I just... I love your story. Um, I wanted you to know if I, you guys have talked to me a little bit about your current mm-hmm. projects. So you, you work together as a family. You grew up slinging cheese and meat and making sandwiches for people and uh, getting all that retail thing down and then getting closer. And then you uh, moved out here to New York um, and things were, were different and are different. Um, Leah, I know you work, and that's how I'm. That's how I'm coming, and how yep. I met you uh, yep. through uh, the company called the Essex uh, Street Cheese Company, which um, I actually worked for as well. Our back first in the employee. Day. I know. <laughs> I <laughs> very, love that. Very strange. Very strange. <laughs> that's an honor. <laughs> of course, I love it. I love it. I just uh, uh, when you sent me a picture, that picture, I remember. Um, remember that. Uh, 
I lost that pair of pants, and I really need that pair of pants back. Super I was like, those were the it. best cheese-selling pants I ever had. Did you sell a lot of know. cheese with them on? Is that why? No, or I just, they, they were, were the most practical. comfortable. Okay. You know, like, uh, somehow, I think I, they, they were my favorite uh, oh, cheese-selling pants. Yes. Maybe they're with the sign from that picture I know. that we want. I need it all. So I was wondering, uh, Felia, if you could tell us a little bit yeah. about the Essex Street Cheese and how you came to be uh, working with them. And how you met um, the founders, uh, Daphne Zeppos and Jason Hines. Um, I, it's a very special company that I now get to run and manage. Um, I started Essex Street Cheese Company started in 2006 by Jason Hines and Daphne Zeppos. Um, Jason obviously runs Neil's Yard Dairy as well, one of the owners. But um, Daphne was still working at Artisanal at the time. Um, was a cheese educator and had this vision of bringing great Comte to the masses in the U.S., and that's where the company started. Um, but she was still teaching at Artisanal at the time as well, and that's where I met her. Um, and I thought, who is this crazy Greek woman? Oh, my goodness. <sighs> but I knew this Comte was amazing, and um, when I went to leave, she called me and said, hey, would you be willing to come and work for me? And I was like, well, I need a cheese job, sure. And then she offered me $40 a week. Um, <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to drive to Brooklyn for it. Um, and my dad, being a banker, was like, when are you going to get a real job and, you know, maybe move out or pay the bills or something? But I said, I think there's something really cool here and I want to try. Um, so I started working for the company in October 2007. Um, and it has just slowly. 2008. Yes, thank you. Um, slowly grown. Um, we started with Comte. Now, of course, we have the Goudas from Betty and Martin Coster. Crovero, Parmesan, Manchego, and soon to be a fifth. Um, you just traveled over to. I Daphne's just got back from Greece. Um, that was there, an huh? amazing trip to learn a lot about Daphne. Of course, Daphne passed away in 2012. Um, but she's always with us as a company. Everything, all the decisions we make are based on her legacy and her vision for what we were. Sure. Um, so now I work for the company full-time as a sales and logistics manager. And then we brought Rachel on full-time as well for sales. Yeah, mm -hmm. Rachel. Yeah. You, now, you were uh, working for Jason in another capacity. I was, yeah. Weren't you? So Leah, when she started, because she was only getting $40 an hour from Essex, she had to tag team other jobs. So she did Zabar's and she did Neil's Yard Dairy and who knows what else. And uh, so when I was now ready, had in tears and call her for a cheese job and CMI moved me and I was like, I need to be in cheese. Um, so then I started working at Essex part time because that's all we had available. And then um, Daphne passed away. So I ran um, and started up the Daphne Zeppos Teaching Award, which is a scholarship that was set up in her honor. Yeah. So that's what I that's like how I got back into cheese was those two things. And then when Leah needed to go full time for Essex, I then took over her position at Neil's Yard Dairy as well. Um, so. I was doing all three of those until January, uh, February of this year, and now I'm full-time Essex Street as well as still running the Daphne Zeppel's Teaching Award. But yeah, I did Neil's Yard for two years, and it was amazing. I mean, Leah did for four. Um, you learned so much um, with that company. It's just mind-blowing being able to travel there, of course, but also just their style of how they sell cheese, how they take care of cheese. Um, is incredibly invaluable to take that to any other company then, um, and I apply all of those that I've learned when I work in a shop or when I'm working and trying to sell Essex cheeses and stuff. So, yeah, it was pretty amazing being able to be with them for two years. So now your life has come around full circle. It You're is. Working We're back with, with your... family again. I try yes. to run away. I know. <laughs> but Keep getting pulled back in. And it's that whole talking thing. I, I yeah. stole a line from Jason. It's our mentality at Essex. We taste and we talk. We eat so much cheese and we talk 
a lot about it. Everything else we do is a byproduct of that, but we taste and we talk, and that's what we grew up doing at the shop, and that's what we still do today. Because that was, I mean, for us, that's the only way we got to learn, because there wasn't, back then, now there's so many cheese books, and there's the internet, and you can travel, but for us, we couldn't travel as much as, you know, we were in the yeah. middle of nowhere, Utah, and there wasn't local cheesemakers, so you could just go visit, like here in Vermont, you can go, or upstate New York, and so you had to just taste cheese. What did it taste like to you? And then talk about it to your customers because you didn't have the ability to just do tons and tons of research on it. We did as much as we could, but well, yeah, I I, I had the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the my world was the cheese, and mm-hmm. it was how I had to see every see see through everything. Mm-hmm. And speaking of travel, um, Anna, you uh, you are back. In, in to the cheese world, you have a company we keep that coming back to cheese. Right? <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, and now your company is a, is a travel and cheese, correct? Yeah, you know, I, we talk about like all the different things that have impacted us and our appreciation for cheese, and you know, whether it's reading or or um, seeing other people work with cheese. The most important that thing that have impacted us was travel. And when you can go and meet those producers and have that experience and know the story firsthand, it's life changing. And what it does to those that are in the profession or even to the customer is a significant piece of their their story. And so for a number of years, I had a vision of like creating an opportunity for people to be able to travel and especially that retail customer. We kind of keep going back to them in the U.S. We have this growing, amazing amount of artisanal cheese producing now and an appreciation for that. But there's so much more that. Um, is important that we can help to tell the story. And that became then um, my commitment to kind of help do that. And so um, Chris George of Neil's Yard Dairy, of course, and I had known each other for years, and he came to Manhattan, and we said, hey, we've got this vision, let's build this opportunity for people, and um, it's been great. And take them to those locations. So we have some trips going right now for England and for France this fall. And then we'll also, we're finishing up a tour that we're building for Oregon, and have pulled in other educators, like Steve Jones, Max McCallman, Janet Fletcher will be working with us on a California trip. So That's we're fantastic. excited about that. Yeah. So you said it. So travel, travel is key. Travel and cheese are you are you gals' you gals's thing. Mm. Um, so do you have any crazy jewel family travel stories? <laughs> yeah, it has to be the one in Roque Four. That's we're, the craziest thing we've we're ever talking about this on the <laughs> yeah, way that's here. Cra- we have a lot of weird ones, but this one's crazy. So we were we did a month family vacation in France and road tripping. Like and a national like, oh totally lamp- like national lampoons <laughs> France style. Yeah. I love it. In a Volkswagen van. In a Volkswagen van. Because if you Super. see us, this is radio, but if you see us, we look very German. So this is just so cliche. And so we're driving around France, but the last leg of the trip was like Roquefort, Lyon, and Avignon and stuff like that. So we're down there. And uh, we're on our way to the Rogue Four Ks, so we're starving, and it's midday, like in France, so you have to stop because otherwise, if it's past two o'clock, you won't eat. Sure. So it's one thirty. We're getting nervous that we won't find anything, and this is before Yelp and smartphones and stuff. So we just find a village, go in, find a cafe, and we're like, okay, let's hope we can eat. Again, this huge VW Eurovan, these tiny little things. I mean, we nearly took off the side of a building that I'm sure had been there <laughs> since the 14th century. It was just ridiculous. Just rolling through just those rolling tiny through. streets, tiny streets. Finally, and the French are saying, oh. Those Germans are All here. All those Germans are here. <laughs> Little know? they know. Little they know. You're Americans. We're, which is worse. What's worse? Yeah. What's worse? Germans totally. are Americans. And we don't speak French. Don't speak, yeah, oh. I didn't speak French at the time. We had no fear. We they, were fearless. They just throw yeah. you right out of the country. Just throw you right out of the country. And so we finally get the car parked somehow. And then we get into the cafe and it's 145, which makes the French very upset because it's like you were supposed to be here at 12 and we're done at 2. But we make them do the menu du jour, 
which was only we thinking it was eleven euros, six courses, fantastic. This is super cheap. Six courses, six for, courses 11 for eleven euros, euros with yeah, wine, with wine included. <laughs> and so we're like, oh, this is awesome. So we're going through, we're eating and eating and eating, and we get down to the last course, which is of course cheese. And so they bring out on a, a turntable a big thing of cheese. It's huge pieces. And oh, by the way, no one speaks English. And no one speaks English. And we yet. speak only this Nothing. little bit of I mean, Bonjour, yeah, merci. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Merci, that's it. Couldn't even count in French. And uh, so they drop this down. We're thinking, wow, this is huge for four people, but awesome, you know? Right. And so we're, but we couldn't eat it all. You know, we had five courses already, and it's like, what are we going to do? But can't waste this. This is like raw milk roquefort and like all this like really amazing stuff. And so we're thinking we'll take it to go because it's so American. So American. Can we get a doggy bag? Yeah, so we, so how do you, yeah. How do you say? Because you know, Americans, we we once it comes to the table, it's yours, right? Because like, we're thinking health France. code laws and yeah. So we ended up getting in a big fight with the owner. The the madame came out yelling at us in French because we were trying to steal her cheese. And, it was uh, the communal <laughs> cheese plate. But like Papa Jewel re- rescued us. Rescued. Papa Jewel rescued you. He rescued us by just tipping really, really heavily. Yes, which and patting his stomach, <laughs> stomach, magnifique, magnifique, and and then yeah. you sped away. I sped away in your VW van. And have never gone back to the French village because we were the people who stole the cheese plate. We were so horrified, so horrible. Oh, that's fantastic. That is a that's a fantastic story. Unfortunately, we're going to have to end here um, uh, just because, you know, there are there are other people that need to come in and, uh, and talk food on the radio. But I want to thank um, thank all three of you for coming <clears throat> in and and uh, chatting with us, uh, chatting with me and uh, giving us a little insight into um, how family and cheese have uh, kept you guys going for for so long. And uh, I want to say thanks. Thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah. It's fun. So stay tuned, and uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Cutting the Curd, broadcasting live on the Heritage Radio Network. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 